Welcome to the Facts Are What Matter podcast, where we discuss the lies, the myths, and the propaganda being promoted by the media and society. Let's all be informed, not uninformed, or even worse, misinformed. Here we go. Welcome to the Facts Are What Matter. I'm your host, Dave Swinford, and in this episode, we will discuss what is true about 5G and what are some of the conspiracy theories and how some of those don't really make sense. I'm going to try to keep this as non-technical as possible, but it will be impossible to take all the technical analysis out of this completely. Um, As always, discuss my motivations for doing this. My main motivation was to educate the listeners and supply you with information you can use to counter the misinformation that's out there in the media, the politicians, and maybe even the conspiracy theorists, if there is such a thing. And again, Lie a little, lie a lot when someone's willing to lie and represent or withhold key facts, no matter what side of the debate they're on, they're usually uh, willing to lie a lot. Follow the money. It's always about the money. You can replace word the word money with power or greed. That's not new, but sometimes it's easy for, to forget that that's a lot of the underlying motivation for people. You get what re- you reward, you get what you accept. So if you give prizes to people for being liars, then you're going to get more of the same thing. And as always, share what you know is the truth. Call out the lies and misconceptions when you see them. Try to educate your friends and family with what you know are the facts and try to be as kind and gentle as you can when you do that because they may be spending too much time watching mainstream media and or listening to crazy friends. So... Let's get to it. To give you some context about 5G, so 5G, of course, is a cell phone technology. The new cell phone technology is coming down the pike. And, and cell phone technology is basically a radio with a network, with a computer network behind it. And uh, to give you some back, some idea of my background, I've been working in radio and radars and network technology since the 1970s. I had a first-class radio telephone license while I was still in high school, and that would basically allow me to repair or operate on a radio or TV transmitter, a TV TV station or radio station. I also have a bachelor's in electrical engineering, and I've taken enough credit hours to be a, have a master's degree, but I didn't quite finish it. I'm just saying that to let you know that I know a little bit about radios and and radio technology and network technology. So what is 5G? What is it all about? Well, basically, 5G is really about making smartphones faster. Maybe it even replaces your cable or your fiber-based network as as well in, in your home. So, And some people project that 5G could be as much as 100 times faster than the 4G networks that we currently have. Of course, that will depend on where you are and how it is implemented because there's all these different levels to uh, what goes on with 5G. Now, people claim that it will have wide-ranging impacts on a lot of industries, not just the smartphones. And once rolled out, it can massively change the effectiveness of the Internet of Things, like all the stuff in your house, like Siri or or Alexa, or your refrigerator that talks to the network, or maybe you got some fancy washing machine that talks to computer networks, self-driving cars, which talk, which use position data from 
GPS and maybe your cell phone and maybe a network, you know, a net, some kind of network configuration and, of course, robotics. But all those are right now are just still claims since it really hasn't been widely implemented yet and we haven't seen that. What 5G is really all about is bandwidth. Now, while it's true that some people claim that uh, one of the side benefits is going to be low latency connectivity. What they're really talking about is bits and bytes. So let's talk about bits and bytes. So networks and radio networks, they transfer data in bits. Those are ones and zeros. But computers operate on bytes of information, which contain eight bits. So to make the math easy, an eight megabit per section connection Serial bits results in a one megabyte per second at the computer or the device end. So those eight bits is one byte. So the eight megabits equals one megabyte. So an 800 megabit per second data transfer, which is getting close to a gigabit and the gigabit fiber data rates that you would see, like say from Google Fiber at your house, that would result, so 800 megabits per second would result and 100 megabyte per second transfer. So you can transfer a lot of data really fast. So, you know, you could watch a movie, a 4K resolution movie on your smartphone driving down the road or while you're sitting at a bus stop or whatever, if that's what you really wanted to do. So what you're really talking about is a high bandwidth, probably a higher bandwidth than you currently have in your house network in, in and around the world. Again, the proponents claim that it's once it's fully deployed, it's going to be a game changer for all these industries and it would allow for near instant data transfer, you know, of course, depending on the size of the data, obviously. For example, they use this example that it, it could help doctors perform remote surgery using surgical robots. Um, not me. You can do that. I don't want to sign up for that. But of course, detractors claim that it's really going to only going to impact the telecommunications industries. But of course, it, again, that's not the whole story. Um, it'll be, of course, revolutionary for telecommunications industries, and, and basically, it will allow Verizon and AT and T and Sprint or whoever to supply you with the same kind of service that you get at your home and fiber or, or your cable modem but through antennas, right, through through the phone network. But they claim that it's likely to make inroads into other industries like entertainment and even farming. For example, 5G could be used for near-instant communication between farming uh, farm equipment, pieces of farm equipment and apparatus. And they say that would be allow an operator to remote various things from a tractors to combine harvesters and much more. But again, essentially, anything that you could put on a Wi-Fi network, like in your house, you could do with this 5G network. Now, 5G will probably never completely replace 4G. In theory, yes, it could replace 4G completely. But to get to the extremely fast data rates is going to require the use of the millimeter wave bands. And that's, that's new to 5G those are the really high frequency bands and and those don't have a lot of range and they're going to require a lot of a new equipment and a lot of new infrastructure 
And I'll just go ahead and say this. They talk about farming apparatus. You're going to be hard-pressed to get 5G out to the farms because those millimeter wave bands don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of range when you're up at those high frequencies, really, really short range. So, you know, if you live in cities, in metropolitan areas, you're, you're good, right? You're going to, you're going to see 4G and, but when you live out in the boonies and after all this time, there's still large, large areas that where only 3G reliably works. So, Sometimes check out how many bars you have on your cell phone when you're out in the way boonies and see if it comes up with LTE on it. I bet it doesn't. Just to give you some perspective, texting takes probably the lowest bandwidth. And so if you have a really bad connection and you want to talk to somebody, try texting them. The next level up is voice. And of course, that's, a, that's more bandwidth than it's required for texting. And then beyond voice, if you try to get videos or music or downloads that doesn't happen unless you have a good connection of course with right now with with 4g lte and of course 5g is going to be even more so that way so 5g is going to require a lot of new infrastructure it's going to be built and that's going to take a lot of years and a lot of expense and because 5g is going to require these clusters of antennas that are Close, closer to users than currently with 4G. It's just, it's just going to be not going to be cost effective to completely abandon the existing 4G networks, or or maybe ever, right? And when you make a phone call or you first connect, it's probably going to connect first with 4G, and then as the connection is established, it can move into 5G once once the system figures out that you have the signal the signal levels to talk to the, the towers to get 5G. And we talk about infrastructure. Infrastructure is antennas and transmitters, network switches, routers, servers, towers, these little small cell locations, these little small cell um, devices that they're talking about with 5G, which are like, say, the size of a of a refrigerator or a dorm refrigerator with some antennas. And those are going to have to be fairly close together. So to uh, give you some technical details on, on what 5G, what current 4G is and what 5G will be. So to upgrade the 4G... LTE to get more bandwidth and faster downloads and all that comes with it. You know, 4G has basically two two bands that are lower frequency bands and versus the 5G, which is going to use three bands. And so 4G has a uh, 700 to 900 megahertz band and then a upper band, which is 1.8 to 2.1 gigahertz band. That's 4G. Now, to get to 5G, because you can think about this, if you need a megabit per second signal, you're going to need a megabit wide channel at least, or more. If you need a, a 10 megahertz channel uh, signal, you're going to need a 10 megahertz channel at least. 
So if you need a gigabit channel, like a gigabit per second, they're talking about for 5G, the upper limits of 5G, you're going to need a gigabit of bandwidth. You can't get a gigabit of bandwidth at 700 megahertz. The whole the whole thing's only 700 megahertz. A gigabit is a thousand megahertz is a gigabit, a gigahertz, sorry. So for 5G, they're looking to add a couple of bands. One is some pieces of the 2.5 to 4.2 gigahertz, not the whole thing, but some parts of that. And that's basically just like what you have in your house. So in your house, say in your home Wi-Fi router, uh, uh, you have a 2.5 and then usually a 5. That's the modern ones. So you have a 2.5 and a 5. So it's basically going to work about like what you have in your house. Now the high band is where all the magic happens with the high uh, bandwidth. And those are really high. Those are up at 24 gigahertz, 28 gigahertz, um, 37, 39, 47 gigahertz. There's chunks of those all in the, those areas. Now those are really, really high frequencies. And I'll just tell you right now, there's not a lot of stuff that that works up there other than maybe some satellite signals, some uh, military, um, so 35 gigahertz. There's, there's some targeting radars, some tracking radars that work up in 35 gigahertz band. You don't really have uh, FAA radars don't work up there. TV stations don't. TV stations and satellites might have some stuff at 35 gigahertz in that kind of zone, but I think most of that stuff is around one and a half gigahertz in, in the L-band area. So that's really, really high, and uh, that's has really, really short range in those kind of areas. In fact, you can think of it this way. It's just like taking a laser pointer, and if you anything blocks it, there's nothing, that signal is not going anywhere. So it's really easy to interfere and block a signal that's at, say, 37 gigahertz. Now, just to give you some context, your microwave oven in your house, it runs, in fact, I looked at mine just for fun, it runs at 2.45 gigahertz. And, of course, you know, we all know they sell these microwave oven in wattage. So it runs 1,000 watts. 2.4 gigahertz or 800 watts or 500 watts, whatever it is. And your phone is going to run point zero zero point one watt. So there's some context on power levels and, and um, how all that works. And of course, as I said, your home Wi-Fi and they, and your home, little home wireless phones. So if you have some, Wireless landline phones usually usually run at 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. The other part of this is that it's going to require some new back end and infrastructure. It's going to require new switches and routers because you got higher bandwidth. Because you have higher bandwidth, now you can jam in more more users at once because of the and I'm because they're going to do some other signal processing things called time, time division multiplexing and 
stuff like that. So they're not maybe give you the whole thing. They're going to bust it up into chunks and you and 20 people will share the same channel. So it's going to require new antennas and transmitters because you can't usually run an, in, usually run an antenna and a transmitter for seven mega, 700 megahertz and one for 37 gigahertz. Those are not even close. So it's going to require new transmitters and new antennas and more transmitters and more antennas because of the limited range of those really, really high frequencies. So, you know, those, those high frequencies are what they call millimeter waves. And so these are, you know, of course, the frequencies between 30 gigahertz, 300 gigahertz, and, and those have lots of bandwidth capacity. But of course, as I've said, range is lower and they can be easily blocked by buildings and cars and airplanes and trees and and so to get around that they're going to build all these little small cell antennas which will be deployed basically up and down streets and up and down blocks and these little small uh, devices on on light poles and towers and things like that so roughly every 500 feet so just a little bit less than two football fields. So you can you can basically see one from one to the you can stand in one place and see from one to the other. It's like a it's like a uh, uh, a long a long drive on a golf course or something like that. So let's talk about about some of these crazy ideas on what five G is. So if you get on the internet and you look around a little bit, it doesn't take long to find some really people's really crazy ideas about what what's going on with 5G. And I think most of that is because people aren't very well informed on it and it's like a black box, it's like black magic to them. So let's go through some of these and we'll just talk about them individually. It is 5G is not something being used to spread COVID. So there's a myth going around because they started, one, one of the things said that because they were deploying 5G in Wuhan right around the same time that the virus came out, that in some people's mind, they have linked COVID with 5G. And that is really crazy because again 5g is a bunch of radio towers connected through networks and there's no way to push a respiratory virus through a radio link viruses spread through water droplets you know particulates and not through radio waves it's just not not it's nice it's just they're just and and they were developing 5G way before this whole COVID virus thing started. They was, they've been developing 5G, for, I'm, I'm going to guess, for 10 years, right? It's been in the works for a long time. As soon as they got 4G working, probably before they got working, they were already working on 5G. That's just how these things go. 5G cannot be used to suppress your immune system. It doesn't increase the risk, your risk of contracting COVID-19. That is just totally false. There's no proof that 
electromagnetic fields or waves, which is what comes out of a radio, right, affects your risk of developing a viral infection or an upper respiratory infection. So just put it in perspective. If something like this was true, then everyone that has ever worked around that type of equipment for years now, for years, would have had seen all these issues. Because, you know, we, we might not have had 5G, but we've had TV stations, radio stations, we've had weather radars, we've had FAA radars at, at airports, we've had all kinds of these things, we've had police radars, and if this was true, we'd have seen a rash of people with immune system problems because they've been around this RF uh, energy. It is not being used to kill or control people. There's a theory that there's particles in the vaccine, such as graphene, that somehow interact with the RF energy. And the electromagnetic field that comes out of a radio that's in 5G, that's in 5G is used to control or kill people. There's already lots of metal traces in your body. There's iron in your blood. There's traces of copper, magnesium. And those don't do anything. And finally, how much would be required and how concentrated would it have to be to cause a problem? I mean, is, does it have to all end up in your brain does, or your kidneys or your liver? I mean, you have this tiny little shot and you're going to put this in your whole body. It's going to dissipate somehow, some way, and you're going to use this RF energy to kill or control people. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. It doesn't make logical sense. There's another theory that, that it's killing birds and in flocks of birds. So I, I think all this comes down to a, uh, there was a situation back in 2018, October 2018, from a case in The Hague where there was there were almost 300 starlings that were found dead in a park. And it was around the same time they were starting to test or roll out um, 5G. And so people thought that that's what was caused. But it turns out there was really no 5G test in the city at that time, even though these hundreds of starlings were found dead. You know, that's not what there's, there was no testing and no no transmissions were going on at the time. But in reality, this happens all the time. There was a, there was a big mass of birds. There was like 5,000 birds of varying species that, that plummeted to their deaths over BB, Arkansas in the U.S. on New Year's Eve in 2011. And I, I remember that one in particular because it was a big deal on the news. People were all worried about what caused this. Were they poisoned? Were they... You know, was it some kind of some kind of military experiment? And it all happened, you know, 5,000 birds. And they found them in this, these fields in Arkansas, 2011. Go look it up. So in reality, mass, mass deaths of birds are really aren't that uncommon. There is another claim. I'm sorry, I know these are crazy. Maybe they're not crazy. Maybe you've heard them before, but... Some of them just seem crazy to me. There is a claim that it's, it's harm, 5G is harmful to trees. 
So again, let's use our, ear, our eyes and some logic, and let's think about this one. Have you seen a dead tree or sick trees around a radio station or a TV station tower? I, I haven't. What about when you're driving down the interstate and you pass a cell phone tower and you see a bunch of, do you see a bunch of sick trees or dead trees around the cell phone tower? No, no. And, and, and to put it in perspective, a cell phone tower can't have, doesn't matter what the frequency is. It doesn't matter if we're talking 4G, 5G, it doesn't matter if we're talking 700 megahertz or 37 gigahertz. It can't have, it doesn't make sense for that to have an exorbitant amount of power because it's trying to talk to your cell phone, which only has 0.1 watt. So 0.1 watts. So if, if they can send you a signal from the other end of the county, it doesn't help anybody because you have to be able to talk back to the cell phone tower. So no, it doesn't make sense. And even though they have directional antennas and there's some gain and all that stuff, it still doesn't make any sense. It's not harmful to trees. Nah, not buying it. Now, <laughs> there is some controversy on this one. Is It is not a Chinese spy operation. Okay. So, it could be. <laughs> and I say that because... We don't know what's in all of our electronic equipment. We buy and build all this stuff, and it comes with parts. That some of the parts come from foundries, the chip, the places where they make the chips in China. And there's millions and billions of transistors and circuits that are packed in those little chips, and networking chips, and computer processors, and control devices. And if that piece of equipment sits on the internet, it could quote, 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 call home or be looking for a signal to shut off or perform some other action. And there's no way we would really 100% know that. So that's some of the reason why in a lots of industries, especially in the defense industry, there's, there's this uh, requirement to buy electronics from U.S. manufacturers or from trusted agents, trusted foundries for people who make integrated circuits. And also, you know, um, I think this was some of the motivation for Trump when he tried to not have, uh, have us do business with Huawei. Again, can we trust them? Do we know what's in their equipment? Do we know what's in the, their systems? So that was not totally debunked, but you could make that same claim with your printer that's at your house. You can make that same claim with your router, your wireless router in your house, your television in your house, maybe even your washing machine or your television on I mean, your uh, refrigerator because we don't really know what's in those. And the first thing that happens when you boot your computer up, it goes out and talks to the network. And it could talk to China or or Silicon Valley, or, or maybe it talks to your some, some server or nothing. You don't know. Now, there's, there's some people who claim that 5G is going to be able to 
going to be used to spy on you because it's going to get your location like really, really close because, you know, it's using these millimeter, millimeter waves and they can pinpoint your location really, really close. Is it going to be used to spy on you? Um, yeah. In one word, I'll just say yeah. Because if you believe, if, if you're saying that in relation to location information, that's true of all cell phones. You have to share your location for cell phone technology to work. Whether your phone tells the cell tower where it is, where you are, or the cell, or whether the cell towers triangulate to determine which one has the best signal and which one is closest, which one has the best signal to noise, it doesn't really matter. That's just how cellular technology works. And whether that pinpoints your location down to a foot or down to a block or down to a mile, it doesn't matter. That's just how it works. So you remember, there's always a trade-off of security for convenience. No matter whether it's putting a password on your lock screen or your phone, locking your house, using a credit card, or operating a cell phone, you're always trading off security for convenience. So yes, it's not necessarily going to be used to spy on you, but you always give up your location information when you use a cell phone. Last one, it's not really people claim that it's going to cause cancer. Now, this has been around for a long time, really. This was around for original cell phone technology. And in reality, most most people don't really think this is true because the signals, of course, are so low and the fields are so weak. But we don't have any real-world data on living in and around a bunch of 30 gigahertz signals all the time. In the past, again, that was just something we used to guide missiles and or something from satellites. And it was not something that was going to be two houses down the street or maybe in front of your house. But again, these signals, they're easily blocked by walls, by trees, by cars, by basically anything. We've all been living around 5 gigahertz signals from our home Wi-Fi, baby monitors, wireless phones for years now. And I don't know of anybody who's, I don't know of any increased cancer. Um, however, on June 9, 2017, scientists with the International EMF Science Scientist Appeal, they submitted a letter of comment to the United States uh, Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, in opposition to a couple of FCC uh, items, which would allow streamlined approval of the 5G infrastructure to be built on existing utility poles in greater number than the current sailor antennas. So this group, it has over 20, 225 reputable scientists from 41 countries who have peer-reviewed publications on electromagnetic fields. And their letter calls on the FCC to critically consider the potential impact of the fifth-generation wireless infrastructure on the health and safety of the U.S. population before proceeding to deploy this infrastructure. So be prepared. 5G is coming to town near you very soon. If you live and work in areas of big cities, then this is true now. But for everyone else, especially in remote part of the world or you know, if you live in more rural areas, 
there's going to be uh, there's going to be a while before you actually see it and see the benefits of it or even see it at all. It's reported that at the end of 2017, there were approximately 320,000 4G cell antennas in the U.S. And then a, there was a study by the firm Accenture, and it estimated that 5G would require 769,000 small cell antennas. So those were what I talked about were, you know, the ones that maybe go on your utility poles or your light poles or every 500 feet down your city street or your county road. But 769 small cell antennas, an increase of 449,000 new antennas. So you can imagine that's going to take a while. And, you know, those are, those are, of course, these little four-foot-tall things the size of a refrigerator. So um, it's going to be a while. So anyways, it's – and this is kind of a different episode. I didn't have a whole lot of uh, rebuttal from experts or from other websites. It was more of me just telling you my opinion, I guess and trying to use a little bit of logic to debunk some of these claims and tell you some information. So hopefully this was helpful. Um, hope to be back soon with another episode. And uh, in the meantime, uh, have a great day. And remember, the facts are what matter. Thanks for listening to the Facts Are What Matter podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to catch our future episodes.